This is Limitless Spirit, a practical, inspirational, and thought-provoking weekly podcast about the impact of faith and Christian identity in today's world. And now here's your host, champion of Jesus and people who love him, world traveler and co-founder of World Missions Alliance, Helen Todd. Welcome to episode 23 of the Limitless Spirit podcast. All happy families are alike. Each unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. This is a quote from one of my favorite novels, and though it was written 150 years ago, it is forever true. COVID-19 pandemic has altered our lives in many ways. Today I want to talk about the impact it has had on marriages and relationships. Sheltering in place, teleworking, and limitations on gatherings and travel have placed married couples in endless and unprecedented proximity. It makes you wonder about marriages with a pattern of domestic violence and abuse, or relationships that had been struggling before the pandemic, and even seemingly healthy marriages that suddenly are faced with new challenges and a lot of uncertainty definitely are affected. For this conversation, I invited one of the top experts on marriage and relationships in our country, Dr. Gary Chapman. Dr. Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages, sold over 12 million copies and has been on the New York Times bestseller list continuously since 2007. He has been directly involved in real-life family counseling, counseling since the very beginning of his ministry years. And his... Uh, Nationally syndicated radio program airs on Moody Radio Network and over 400 affiliate stations. The COVID-19 pandemic inspired him to write his latest book, Five Simple Ways to Strengthen Your Marriage. In this book, in a very practical and straightforward way, he encourages couples to use this time as an opportunity to make relationships closer and stronger. Hello, Dr. Chapman. Welcome to the Limitless Spirit podcast. Well, thank you, Helen. It's great to be with you today. How are you doing in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic? Well, my wife is cooking and I'm washing dishes and everything's going <laughs> fine. <laughs> well, good to hear. Good to hear. And you have kept quite busy um, during this time because you just came out with a new book on marriage, and it is called Five Simple Ways to Strengthen Your Marriage When You're Stuck at Home Together. I wrote this book because I knew that a lot of marriages were going to be struggling during these several months that we've been going through. And uh, I just wanted to help people wherever they were. You know, uh, let's face it, uh, some couples before this ever started they were already in trouble. And then there are others who had fairly good marriages. But uh, when this came along, everything changed. And so all of us are having to adapt to a whole new playing field, as it were. So I'm just trying to help them wherever they are to take some steps in the right direction. Well, this is very true. And as you mentioned in your book, this pandemic is not going to make or break a marriage, but it can intensify some 
issues if they had pre-existed before the pandemic started. And it also affects not only marriages, but relationships of people maybe who are not married yet, but are considering marriage because for some people, they're cooped together. For others, they're separated by this pandemic. So overall, I would say it has taken its toll on relationships. Well, I think you're exactly right. And there are couples that are really thriving quite well because they're taking positive steps. There are others uh, that are struggling deeply. And as you said, it's not just those who are stuck at home together. It's uh, maybe perhaps dating partners or friends who now are limited to social media to contact each other. At least we have social media. That's good. (laughs) That's true. And Zoom and all the other ways of communication. But there is no doubt that your book is very timely. And to be honest, I devoured it in one evening. Um, My husband and I have been married for 26 years, but I have found tons of helpful information in this book, and I can't wait to share it with him. Um, Before we dive into it, I want to ask you, have you um, noticed any statistics maybe in your counseling practice or, or just statistics in general on the issue of domestic violence and if uh, this pandemic had caused an increase in domestic violence? Well, I have not encountered that in my counseling practice because during these months I haven't been seeing people, uh, you know, on a one-on-one basis. But from what I hear... Uh, it has uh, this whole thing of uh, verbal abuse or physical abuse uh, has expanded. And uh, you would kind of expect that because it's been going on all along. There are certain people, uh, married or single, uh, who were abused themselves growing up verbally or physically. And it's, a, it's influenced them. You know, we've always said abusers abuse. And so these folks are going to have problems in any relationship they have ultimately because this mindset needs to be changed. And that's why I think during this time, sometimes uh, these people can become even more violent. And of course, violence is never acceptable in a marriage relationship. And what do you think is the best way to prevent it? Because hopefully a person who is the abuser deep within them, they know that it is wrong and it is a pattern that maybe they have experienced as a child or um, it's something within their personality. What do you think is the first step in in stopping this and, and preventing this from happening again? Well, you know, I think most of the time uh, we put up with it, we put up with it, we put up with it, and then eventually one day we just get tired and walk out. That's what happens in many situations. Uh, I don't think that's the best approach. I think the sooner you can confront abusive behavior, uh, the better. And and do it as an act of love, not as an act of desperation. Uh, Here's what I'm, I'm trying to communicate. You know, if you are loving your spouse in a positive way yourself, if you are dealing with your own mistakes and failures, then there's a place for you to say to them eventually, you know, honey, I don't know how you feel about us, but I love you and I love you too much to sit here and do nothing and let you destroy yourself and destroy me and destroy our kids. I love you too much to do that. So here's the name of a counselor and a phone number. 
And if you're willing to go get some help in understanding yourself and why you come across like this and why you do these things, if you will go for counseling, then I am willing at some juncture when you learn how to deal with this, I'm willing to go for marriage counseling with you. We can have a good marriage, but we've got to deal with this. If you're not willing to go for counseling, then I love you too much to sit here and do nothing. I've done that far too long. And I'll talk with my mom or I'll talk with a friend and uh, I'm going to move in with them. I'm not abandoning you. I love you, but I love you too much to do nothing. And until you deal with this, then we can't go forward together. There's, we call it tough love, but it's love. If it's done in the right way with the right attitude, it's an act of love because it pushes them to take action to do something about the problem. Do you believe that a person with the problem of domestic violence can change? And we know that God can change a person, but um, have you seen the examples of of healing, complete healing from that? You know, I do believe that uh, that there can be healing from abuse. And uh, as you said, I think really anything in the Bible that the scriptures teach it's possible to do with the help of God. <laughs> we Amen. can't do it ourselves, Amen. but with God's help, we can do it. And I have seen, you know, I've seen men, uh, because we normally think in terms of men being the abusers. Now, sometimes there are women, but, you know. <laughs> but most, more often than not, it is men you're, you're exactly, when it comes to physical violence. That's right. You're exactly right. But I believe when those men come to the realization that what's going on inside of them, pushing them to do what they're doing needs to be dealt with. And they will reach out to a pastor or a counselor and God, I believe that pattern can be broken. Uh, you know, we've seen this happen over and over again. I think people sometimes give up because, you know, the abuser often comes back and apologizes after they've done it. They say, Oh honey, I'm so sorry. I, I'm, I'm never going to do that again. And then a month later they do the same thing again. So it's an established pattern for them. But they know in their heart that what they're doing is wrong. And if they reach out to God for help and reach out to God's people for help, those patterns can be changed. Well, that's very good news. Of course, you know, physical violence is a is an extreme and, and very obvious that there is a problem with the marriage. But how? what are some of the signs that a marriage is in trouble? Well, one is where we are rather constantly criticizing each other, pointing out things we don't like about the other person, you know, making negative comments to them. Said so our marriage is never going to be better, you know, you know, and, and just these negative comments. I can't count on you for anything. You're just like your father, irresponsible. Put that phone down and listen to me. You know, it's those kind of statements made in harsh anger that's that I call them verbal bombs that are thrown at each other. And when this is going on on a pretty regular basis, marriage is in trouble. And one of the things I suggest in this little book is that we just call a, a truce on throwing verbal bombs. You know, just one of you say to the other, honey, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about this, but I don't think, I don't think you enjoy the criticisms I give you. And I don't think I enjoy them. Why don't we just sign a truce? And for one week, let's just try with God's help not to throw bombs at each other. And then you do that for a week. And then the next week you start, instead of giving the criticisms, you start expressing gratitude. You look for things in them that you can affirm them for. 
And I shared that to Helen with one lady and she said, well, Dr. Chapman, I, I would like to give him some affirming words, but to be honest with you, I can't think of anything good to say about him. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, does he ever take a shower? And she said, well, yes. I said, well, how often? She said, well, every day. I said, if I were you, I'd start there. You know, honey, I appreciate you taking a shower. There is always something that we can be thankful for. And when we begin that process, you know, we can think of other things. In fact, I suggest maybe get a little notebook and start a, a gratitude notebook and just write down five things that you do appreciate about your spouse, you know, and then begin to add to that. And then every week begin throwing, giving them some of these positive words. It changes the atmosphere when you stop the verbal bombs and replace them with expressing gratitude. Do you feel that there are marriages that are far too gone? They're just so neglected by both parties that it's impossible to solve the problems. You know, I have hope for all marriages. At the same time, I understand why people lose hope. You know, when it's gone on for a long time, you've seen nothing getting better and it just gets worse or just continues. You, you do lose hope. And so I sometimes say to people, I can understand that you don't have hope, but I have hope for you. So why don't you go on my hope for a while? And I, I don't ask people, do you want to work on your marriage? Because many times they've lost the want to. You know, what I say is, will you work on your marriage? See, that's a choice. Want to is an emotional thing, but choosing to work on a marriage is something we can do. And I say, if you are willing to work on your marriage, then I'll meet with you. We'll look at what has happened. We'll talk about steps we can take and we'll see what can happen. And I believe if people are willing to work on their marriage, any marriage can be improved, but it does take that choice. I choose or we choose to work on our marriage. And this is where our faith comes in. I, I think a person who doesn't have faith in God, doesn't have that moral foundation of Christian faith, then the question is, why even try? But if we do have that foundation, then we know that this is a covenant. Marriage is not an emotional thing, an emotional attachment to another person. It's a covenant before God. And so then the question of why isn't, I mean, you know why, yeah, <laughs> because absolutely. you've made a covenant. Yeah. So, so your book is basically, I feel like it's a tool for the couples who make that choice to improve their marriage. It doesn't have to be falling apart. I think even a healthy marriage can always use improvement and, and strengthening and, and deepening the relationship. So that's where the beauty of this book comes in. You, you don't have to be in trouble with your marriage. You just want to have a more higher quality of marriage. And uh, those five steps that you point out are extremely helpful. So let's talk about some of these steps. And you started with the first one is calling the truce on, on the word bombs and turning them into word bomb. I love that play <laughs> on words. Um, so what are some other ways to make our marriage better? Well, one way is not to build emotional walls between the two of us. Uh, let's face it, Helen, none of us are perfect. All of us from time to time will say things or do things that are hurtful to the other person in a marriage. 
you don't have to be perfect to have a good marriage, but you do have to deal with your failures. And that means that I choose to apologize when I do something wrong. And hopefully you will forgive me. Or if I'm the one that's been hurt and they apologize to me, hopefully I choose to forgive them. You see, every time we have something negative that happens in our relationship, negative comments, negative treatment, it's like putting an emotional wall between the two of us. And that wall does not go away with the passing of time. What happens is there'll be another event and another wall and then another, and people build these huge walls between the two of them. And that marriage is in deep trouble. But we don't have to get there if we practice dealing with our failures when they happen and we don't let the wall build. Now, if you've already built a wall, the wall can come down. You know, it means one of you must take the initiative to begin to tear the wall down on your side. Now, here's, here's uh, the problem, Helen. Most of us, if we have a wall between us, in our mind, it's our spouse that built the wall. They're the ones that have the problem. In fact, uh, I shared this with a lady once. I said, why don't you do this? Why don't you just sit down with God and say, Lord, you know my husband. You know what he's like. But I know I'm not perfect. So what I want to know is, where am I failing in my marriage? And where have I failed in my marriage? And just let God bring to your mind your failures. Write them down and then confess them to God. Then go to your spouse and say, you know, honey, I've been thinking about us. And I know I've been on your case and I blamed you for a lot of things. But I asked God to show me where I have failed you. And he gave me a pretty good list. And I have asked God to forgive me. And I would like to ask you to forgive me for these things. Wow. You know, they walk away. Maybe they forgive you. Maybe they don't. But they walk away thinking, "Ooh, man, this is different. Haven't heard this before. You know, you see, you're having an influence on them. Now, I shared that with a lady and she said, well, Dr. Chapman, I understand what you're saying. But what if your husband really is the problem? <laughs> and, and I said, OK, OK, let's say that your husband is 95 percent of the problem. OK, that would only leave five percent for you. I said, no, you're not perfect, right? She said, oh, no, no, no one's perfect. I said, well, what if you deal with your five percent? The wall is five percent down. And you have influenced your husband. You see, here's the thing, Helen. So many of us have said for years, and it's true, you cannot change your spouse or you cannot make your spouse change. That's true. But you can influence your spouse. And when you take the approach that I've just suggested, you are having a positive influence on your spouse. They're hearing you say something they haven't heard you say before. You're apologizing to them for your failures. And maybe, maybe your failure is only 5%, but you are modeling for them that by tearing down the wall on your side. And I can't guarantee they're going to come back, but if you tear that wall down and on your side and you start speaking words of gratitude to them, they're going to begin to think, hmm, I don't know what happened to him or her, but I sure do like it. And, and they begin to warm up to you and you've made a positive influence on your spouse. While the expression, it takes two to break a marriage, is true, saving a marriage can start with just one willing spouse. 
I completely agree with Dr. Chapman's idea that we can influence the change in others by starting with a change in ourselves. This actually does not just apply to marriages. If we want to see change in people around us, we can start with working on making ourselves better. And since this is a biblical concept, it is destined to work miracles. Dr. Chapman's website is full of helpful resources for marriages and relationships. You can also purchase this book there to explore more in depth the five ways to strengthen your marriage. We will continue this conversation with him in the next episode, and I look forward to hearing from you. Email me at podcast at rfwma.org with any questions or suggestions. And if you do like this podcast, you can go to rfwma.org slash forward give and support this podcast so that we can continue producing it. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Limitless Spirit with Helen Todd, produced by World Missions Alliance. Are you ready to step out of your comfort zone? Do you have a passion to help people and share your faith across the globe? Visit our website, rfwma.org, and get involved in the Great Commission through short-term missions. We hope you'll leave a review and check out other episodes. We'll be with you in a week on our next episode of Limitless Spirit.